When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Go. Hello, Bruins fans, and welcome to episode 79 of Bruins Beat, brought to you by CLNS Media. Yes, it's CLNS Media now. We made the switch over from CLNS Radio to CLNS Media, so uh, be sure to note that when if you when you guys tune in to us. Also, the, the web, doing the website over, it's going to be CLNS Media soon, uh, even though it's still CLNS Radio now. Um, so just a friendly reminder for that. Uh, I'm Mike with Jason, and no Joe again. Joe's been... Quite busy trying to find a house and whatnot, so me and Jason will hold it down and not have to and not worry about it. It was like old times, like when we first started the show with Jason and I just holding it down. Uh, but the, I want, the first thing I want to talk about uh, quickly um, is the Stanley Cup Finals, because obviously now the Stanley Cup Finals is now over. There is no more hockey until September, and here we go, Jason. The dog days of the summer are going to come get to us again, but. Hockey is officially over. The AHL ended too. So if people listen, if people watch the AHL, I usually don't. But the NHL season is over. Pittsburgh is back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. Jason, what do you think? Were you, were you bummed out? I know you were rooting for Nashville. You had Nashville. Uh, I remember it was two-two. You were like, my prediction looks like it's gonna come right, and I said, hold on, hold your horses. It's two-two. You never know what's gonna happen when they go back to Pittsburgh. I just thought. Me personally, I thought Pittsburgh was going to win. I said Pittsburgh in six before the series. I think I said to you Pittsburgh in seven last week. But uh, I just thought Pittsburgh would have the experience over Nashville, and I, I think that seemed to to play out. Jason, what are your thoughts on the Stanley Cup Finals? Well, I'm a, it's a mixed feeling. I mean, I'm, did you watch both of the games, Mike, specifically games uh, Game 5? Yes. Okay, so did you see that play where uh, Sidney Crosby got away with pushing Subban's... Uh, Head into the ice when he took him down. Yeah, I mean, I thought this was overblown. It was. It's typical hockey. I think the media kind of overblew it a bit. Just, Crosby didn't do what any other NHLer hasn't done. Tried to rub an NHL player's face in the ice. Um, you know, Matt Murray, gotta give him credit. He caught him out. And he stood on his head those last two games. You're talking about no goals in the last two games that he gave up. Didn't give up one. Um... Were there some missed calls by the referees? Sure. That happens in every series. I'm not going to be too critical on the referees. Oh, thank God. Some people are so just crying because of the referees. I mean, yes, you know, they missed that goal when they couldn't see the puck. It's a, ba- it's a bad missed call, but you know what? We talked about this in the Bruins and Ottawa series, too. The refs missed some calls. But you know what? It's hockey. 
it, it happens. Let them play. Things happen. We all make mistakes. It was a good, hard-fought series. Nashville came out proof that they were Hockey City, and it's very impressive. Yeah, I thought it was very impressive, too. And like you said, Matt Murray was excellent with uh, two shutouts to end the game. I thought if Nashville wants to point fingers at anyone, I think they should point it at Pekka Rene. Because when the, every game they played in Pittsburgh, Rene couldn't seem to stop a beach ball. It was That's pathetic. A, you know, it's a decent point. Maybe Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh uh, playoff crowd got to him. It's they, a hard. They might have. You know, he he he's comfortable in his own home because he got his own fan sharing for him. But you got you had in the Pittsburgh and it's a whole entire different atmosphere. Maybe it got to him. Maybe it was kind of like the uh, it was which is why I compared the Stanley Cup to the Vancouver series in 2011. Yeah. The way that it was, the way that it kind of played out, except I for that wish, last game. I do wish Joe was on today just for the sole fact because we were uh, exchanging a few words on Twitter about the Sidney Crosby. Push to the head, like you said, and how Crosby gets away with everything. And, and look, I get it. Like it looked bad, but I don't think it was as bad as people make it out to be. Could you, I mean, I, hey, Charles died to a few players. I've seen what? other players do it. They yeah, all I do, it. do it. Go too. ahead. You're on the ground. You got. You're on the ground. I got you under a saddle. I'm gonna rub your face into the ice. Whatever. It's not right. like he and, took his head. And, it's and not like he took his. Too. It's not like he too. took two hands and literally slammed his head against the ice like viciously. It was one of those playful taps. I. I didn't see anything too overly bad with it. And Subban would do it to someone else, too. 100%. Oh, in a heartbeat. Right, and, and Joe's like, oh, you know, it gets away with everything. You should suspend him. It's game five of the Stanley Cup Finals. He's not getting Joe, suspended. Joe likes to play, and I see this with Joe. No offense, Joe. I know you're going to listen to this. You like to play to the media. Yep, and he that's what he does. Oh, Sidney Crosby he gets away with everything. He's the star player. Yeah, he is the star player. Yes, sometimes he gets special treatment. But it's because he's the best player in the world. And he showed it. He's back-to-back Conn Smythe winners. He's a three-time Stanley Cup champion. He's the best player in the world. Yes, I get it. You might not like it, but I even said to him, he's not going to get suspended for that because it's, it's just not going to happen. Do you remember uh, when the Bruins played the Canucks and Brad Marchand was just using Sedin's head as like a, a punching bag? Say that again? Do you remember when, uh, when the Bruins played the Canucks and Marchand was using Sedin's face as a punching bag? Oh, yeah. Oh, Marshawn, you knew a list of things Marshawn has done, and it wouldn't even come close to what Crosby did. Not in a bad way. I'm saying Marshawn's probably a lot worse than Crosby with that head move to the, uh, the Subban. Marshawn's done worse. And everyone's like, oh, I love what Marshawn did. Sadine's a baby. He didn't fight back. Blah, blah, blah. Come on. He's not going to get suspended. It's the Stanley Cup Finals. It's okay. It's okay. I, I get it. You might not like it. You might not like what he did. You might not like Sidney Crosby. I get it. But he didn't do anything malicious. He doesn't deserve a suspension. And he doesn't even deserve a suspension in the regular season because he doesn't even really hit. So enough about – I hate it when people cry about Crosby. It's like, oh, Sidney Crosby. Sidney cries, baby. Why? If, if Sidney Crosby was on the Bruins, everyone would love him. I would love to have Crosby everyone, on the Bruins. Everyone loves Marshan. Everyone loves Brad Marshan. Everyone loves Brad Marshall that does, that has Brad Marshall on the team. Let me rephrase, let's rephrase that. That's what Everyone I mean. hates Bruins Brad Marshall unless he's on your team. Right. All Bruins fans love Brad Marshall. Go to a Bruins game. You'll see Marshall t-shirts. You'll see Nose Face Killer. This and that. It's like everyone's all like, Brad Marshall is the best player on the Bruins. And I'm not going to argue with that. He's one of the best players on the Bruins. But if everyone else around the league hates Brad Marshall, it's the same thing. If he's on your team, you like him. If you don't, you're not going to like him. 
But I'm not going to sit there and trash Sidney Crosby because I don't think he did anything that bad, and I think he's the best player in the world. It didn't. Superman wasn't even hurt. Just a little nudge and gets right back up on his feet. Right, exactly. I, like you said, Jason, you've seen people do that before. You've seen it. Oh, I've seen it all the time. Right. Like you said, Shower's done it. I'm sure other players have done it too. It's that's not suspension worthy. Yes, you might not like it, but like you said earlier, it might it be happens. penalty. It might be a little, like a two minute penalty worthy if he gets caught, but he didn't get caught. Let it go. No, he got he got a penalty, but he got a two minute penalty. Okay, so yeah, I don't, he he got his through. Let it go. Yep, exactly. Were you bummed out that Nashville didn't win though, because you picked him? No, you know what? It was a hard fought series. I um. I, I will give it off to Matt Murray and say that right now. Matt Murray played spectacular. He's a really good goaltender. Gotta give Pittsburgh credit for making the coaching change last year to make it back-to-back. That Mike Sullivan's done a fantastic job with this team. I can't, you know, Nashville played great. Nashville will make it back there. Um, I'm not overly upset about it. Yeah, Nashville definitely played great, and I hope they are back uh, next year as well. It was just great for city. It was great for their city. Great for the NHL, I think, too. They really capitalized on some, you know, marketing opportunities with country Nashville music. Is defi- and- Nashville is definitely a hockey city, too. Yeah, it's de- now, like, just from watching the Stanley Cup Finals, it made me seem like a, a place that I definitely want to go visit sooner than rather than later. Do you know what I mean? It's a place oh, yeah. that I, I want to go look and watch a game and enjoy the city. And I get it. I know every game you go to is not going to be like the Stanley Cup Finals or a playoff game, but now it's up there on places I would like to travel to and watch a, and watch a Bruins Bruins play there, or even just go and watch the Predators play. It would be on a list of games to go to if I could get a Bruins-Predators game and take myself on a mini-road trip. You're absolutely right about that. Right, I think the NHL did a great job capitalizing on that. And um, Nashville, like you said, shows true colors in great hockey city, and I thought it was great. And it's great for the NHL to get more marketing opportunities. But like you said, I think Nashville will be back too. Uh, they seem to have a, a really great team. You know what? Keep, keep in mind, Nashville lost Ryan Johansson, too. Right. I think that could have been a huge difference so, of the series, too. They're their best center. And Ryan Ellis in the end. Oh, yeah, in the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, I mean, so, you know, Nash- it, it was a hard-fought series. Nashville fought hard. They didn't make any excuses. I have yet to hear any excuses come from them. It was a hard-fought series. Yeah. That's nothing more you can ask for. Like you said, a hard-fought series. And no excuses. Nope. No complaining, no, no blaming the refs, no excuses. Not one player made a comment about that missed goal call with a, with, a, with Matt Murray early in that sixth game. I didn't hear one thing about it, other than the media, media talking about it. But it the happens. Other thing the other thing I'll say about that is, like, Nashville didn't score again for the rest of the game. Like, I get it. It was a bad call in game six. They blew the whistle too early. The referee was out of position. But, I mean... Nashville didn't score the rest of the game. They had four power plays to score. They didn't. They had opportunities to score. They didn't score. You can't blame that one single play because you can't win a game only scoring one goal. It's not. It's highly unlikely. Exactly. And I'm going to digress a tiny bit. I think it's hilarious how much the NHL hates Gary Bettman. I didn't realize it because I'm so used to seeing everybody hating on Goodell, but I didn't realize how much the NHL really hates Gary Bettman. Oh, yeah. He's one of the most hated guys You still there? Yeah, sorry. He's one of the most hated guys out there. Derek Bettman. Everyone boos him. It was just, it was just interesting because I saw, you know, Felger and Mass or someone was doing this thing where they were comparing. It was on CSNE. 
um, Boston Sports Tonight, they were comparing who is the most hated general manager in the world, Batman or Goodell, and it's definitely Batman. I think 100% Batman. He does just so many things that people don't like. They've already had a few strikes, as you've known, uh, as we've all known as hockey fans, that the NHL will just go on strike occasionally because Batman's a loser. I mean, now he's talking about not going, uh, sending his players to the Olympics. That's already a done deal, though. They're not going to the Olympics. Well, that's what I mean, and people don't like that. I don't blame him. So, it's another reason why people get upset with Batman. I mean, yeah, he's he's by far the most hated guy out there. And he deserves to be, rightfully so. But I'm just upset now that hockey's over. There's going to be no more hockey until September. And right now we'll be fine because there's plenty of rumors and speculation out there, especially with the Vegas team being announced a week from today. Um, the protected list will be announced this weekend. I mean, you just... The uh, trade rumors are going to be coming out. Excuse me, free agency. So the next these next couple of weeks will be great. Next month or so will be great for. Um, and Bruins, be, we'll be on top of this. We'll be consistent about it. Whereas this is going to be, we're going to be paying attention. For sure, we'll, de- we'll we'll definitely be paying attention. Hundred percent, hundred percent. But um, the first thing I want to touch on is uh, David Pashnik, and I know we got to it a little bit last week. Um, how the Bruins are number one priority should be to sign David Pashnik, and I think it's. Good that the Bruins signed him, and I, I heard a, I heard a rumor. I don't know how true it is, but uh, that it was around going to be around five five and a half million dollars contract, which I think would be a great great deal for the Bruins. If you can get him in five million five point five for the the player that he is, I think that would be a great because now you're seeing some of these players ask for more money. Like uh, I know Sean Monahan got six million, so if you can get Pashnik for five five mil five point five, I think that would be a great signing by Don Sweeney. Yeah, no, I think the Brewers are going to get it done. You're hearing the rumors pick up as the season's ended. Um, those That that deal looks like it's going to get done probably some point in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, it, it, doesn't, it's trending, it seems trending like, in the right direction. It seems like it's trending in that direction. You're not hearing anything negative coming out of it. You're not hearing David Pasternak holding out or anything like that. You're not, hear, you're not hearing anything negative. It's all positive. So, right, even, even some of the beat guys like uh, Joe Haggerty and... And other guys around were even saying that this is this will be wrapped up in no time. You know what I mean? Like oh, yeah, like right now I'm, I'm guessing at this point they're at the point where they have a, some kind of an agreement. They're just trying to get out the uh, particulars. Right. That's that's usually sometimes what happens as well. Um, they don't announce the deals as of yet. Um, just trying to hammer down, like you said, the particulars about like some of the clauses in his deal. But I mean five 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 and a half million. I think for a couple of years would be great. Um, so that's what. That's what. Excuse yeah, me. I don't know if you heard. But I had heard rumors off and on, of maybe making a two or three year deal, and then giving him his next contract after that. Therefore, giving him the time to improve and still earn even more. Oh, I did. I did not know that. Um, that's a good piece of information. But still, even if it's still two or three years, if you can sign him for two or three years for five, five and a half million, it's still a great deal, I think. And Don Sweeney's. Don it's a Sweeney's smart deal. It does, if, if, if Don Sweeney and Pashnak can agree to that and Pashnak can continue, continue to improve, it's almost like it's a team-friendly deal. Pashnak's giving them a team-friendly deal so he can prove himself. Still. Yeah, exactly. And like you said, he's, he's still, he still needs to get better. That's all. But can't fault it. I like Pashnak as a kid. I think he's very mature for his age. Um... And, I, and we'll be excited to see that deal get finished. Right, in. especially because 
especially because he had a breakout season this past year, which I thought was great. I was expecting him to have a breakout season, and he seems to be one of the, the go-to guys going forward. And uh, he should be, rightfully so. He's one of the young pillars of this team going forward, and I think the Bruins will be able to lock him up. I mean, he obviously admitted he wanted to be in Boston. I mean, there's like uh, – I, I don't know if you saw this, but he's like goofing off with Tory Krug on on, uh, on Twitter about the Bruins' goal, the best goal of the season and stuff. So I think yeah, he, he wants to be here. I don't think he's going anywhere. I, no, I he, have no – He seems like he's about his teammates. I did actually hear about that, actually. Um, but – he seems like he's about his teammates. I've been hearing all over media about that the Boston Bruins don't realize how good their future actually is. That what we see and what everybody and what they see are two different things. That I think from a media standpoint, the Bruins are fast tracking it a lot faster than they realize with their players yeah, and their absolutely. team chemistry. We'll have to see by that. Also, um, there was a report that Dominic Moore wants to resign with the Bruins. Uh, he is a unrestricted free agent. Excuse me. Um, he only signed a one-year deal last year. He's last year with the Bruins. I right, was getting up there in age, but you know what? I, I'm usually against Bruins signing players that are older. Um, I've been in the camp of, you know, let's move into the younger phase, get the younger players up here. But I think re-signing Dominic Moore wouldn't be a bad idea for the Bruins. They've always had, uh, you know, we saw it last year in the playoffs too. He was one of the most effective Bruins in the playoffs. Uh, he was playing regular shifts. I think he would be a great leader for the younger players on the fourth line. You stick him on the fourth line, put him in a penalty kill role, kind of like they did last year until, you know, the playoffs came and Dominic Moore was playing better. I am all for the Bruins re-signing Dominic Moore. I never thought I would say this last year or when they signed him. I think the Bruins should sign him for one more year. And, you know, I not often I agree with you on bringing back an older player, but... He's a good, serviceable player. I would definitely sign him if he's, because he's going to get an easier contract, like a million or something like that. I would bring him back for the year. He played really serviceable last year, especially on the fourth line. Was a really good leader for some of the younger players. Um, I would play him with a lesser, a little bit of a lesser role, but I would definitely re-sign him. Yeah, I think I think he would just be a great fit with the young, with the younger players you have coming up, like a like a JFK or like um. Austin Zarnick or players on like DeBrusque, you know, some of the younger players that could use a little bit of a more of a leadership role to kind of, you know, I know they're developing that NHL maturity. Right. I'm not saying that they don't have leaders already because they do with, you know, Bacchus and Bergeron and Chara and stuff. It's just, I think that vocal, I think more will be more of a vocal guy. And I think he's, he had a great year. I just, I felt like Dominic, before. Dominic more fit in really well with this team. It was, uh, for me, for me, I would definitely resign him. Yeah, I, I, I don't see the harm in giving him one more year, especially because what he did, what he brought to the team last year. Like you said, you just play him in a little bit lesser of a role, and I think he'd be fine. No, I agree. You're not gonna hear me argue that one. I complete, I completely agree. But no, those are just some of the uh, the, the rumblings around some of the Bruins. And signing. for Bruins fans who don't know, the Zach Ronaldo era is officially over. Hallelujah. Yeah, I don't think people are holding their breath about that. I mean, I have that. That was probably the worst trade Don Sweeney's mate had so far in his Bruins junior in his Bruins tenure, I should say. That was, trade was terrible, absolutely garbage. Zach Ronaldo brought nothing to the table, and I think everyone's okay with them moving on from Zach Ronaldo. I don't think anyone's going to shed a tear. No, I'm not shedding a tear. It was nope. long over, long overdue. I mean, he was in Providence all last year because he couldn't even make the big club, which goes to show you what the Bruins thought of Zach Ronaldo. So. <laughs> That that uh, that was definitely a loss in Don Sweeney's um, collection 
of trades and signings so far with, his, with the Bruins. See you later, Zach Ronaldo. Good riddance. Hardly knew you. So those then, are some of the... Go ahead. Some other news, you know, I know we're going to bring some of some women. Kevin Dean, the Providence Bruins head coach, led the Bruins to the AHL Eastern Finals, I should say. Um, he's now officially a Bruins defensive coach. Yeah, they had an opening there, just obviously, because Bruce Cassidy uh, went from in, uh, assistant coach to head coach, so they had an opening for a coach. I mean, it makes sense promote within, promote from within. Obviously, uh, Bruce Cassidy has uh, enough familiarity with, with Dean. Some of the younger players love familiarity with Dean. Like you said, they led Providence to the Eastern Conference Finals when they weren't even expecting to go that far. Uh, I think it will be instrumental in helping some of the younger players that he helped in Providence, especially with Cassidy. So I have no problems. I, th- I think it's a really smart move by the Bruins to do that. And I'm going to comment on that still. I do think it's a smart move. I think it helps the Bruins for the future. I think the Bruins are building the young core with the new coaching regime, and I think it's going to work. Yeah, I think it would work too, especially, um, like you said, he coached some of the younger, younger players in Providence, and I mean, it just made sense. The, the Bruins needed to get, uh, hire another coach, especially with Bruce Cassidy being hired full-time. So there you go. Give him someone that he's familiar with, and that's the players are familiar with. I, I'm glad that they did it from within instead of going outside the organization because sometimes outside the organization, especially with now you trending more towards youth, it could be, uh, could be more difficult to adjust to, to a different coach. Correct. But... Those are just some of the, uh, the, the some of the signings and the rumors that are going on with with um, coaches and and they're signing their own players. There's also been some speculation on some trades, Jason. I don't know if you've been keeping up with this, but uh, Don Sweeney's been opening the trading his uh, number one, his first round pick, I should say, not number one overall, the 18th overall pick. Uh, this week, this draft supposedly supposed to be a weak draft, and one of the players the Bruins have been linked to is Minnesota Wild defenseman Jordan. Jonas Brodeen. Jonas Brodeen, obviously the Minnesota Wild are going to have a tough time keeping everyone with um, with the expansion draft coming up and, and cap problems. They can't keep all of their defensemen. Uh, there's been uh, Jonas Brodeen's been out there, and there's been um, Matt Dumba. The Bruins haven't been linked to Matt Dumba, but Matt Dumba's also supposedly being rumored about there around there as well. Um, I think if the Bruins can trade their first-round pick and get a player – of the caliber of Jonas Brodeen, I think they should do it. In a heartbeat, you don't think twice about it. The Minnesota Wilds going to have to get rid of one of those players. I've heard they want to keep Dumba, so Brodeen's on that list. Um, I would throw in Ryan Spooner on that first round pick for Brodeen. Brodeen seems like he's a serviceable young guy. He's worked with Ryan Suter. Um, I, w- I, mean, I would throw he's, in... He's very... Brodeen's pretty young, too. People don't understand, understand that. He's only 23 years old, and he averages 20-plus minutes a night. So I would throw in that first-round pick and Spooner for Brodeen. Yeah, something along the lines like that. Uh, obviously, I think the Bruins do need a left-shot defenseman. They really do. And they only really have Krug and Chara. Obviously, Chara's up there in age, as everyone knows. Uh, last year, they didn't really have a third left shot. I mean, it was they were playing Kevin Miller and Colin Miller or Kevin Miller and, and someone else. I mean, they had Lyles and Joe Morrow, who obviously aren't anything great. Um, people, uh, Jonas Brodeen's not very offensive. But I don't think the Bruins need an offensive defenseman. They're going to have Charlie McAvoy. They're going to have Tory Krug. Those are two of your offensive defensemen. You don't need Jonas Brodeen to play like an offensive defenseman. You already have that. You need someone to groom behind Chara to be a shutdown guy. I think this would be a great addition if the Bruins do it. 
Um, if they're, like you said, 18 Spooner and maybe a defensive prospect that isn't going to be able to crack the Bruins lineup anytime soon. And I think that would be a great deal. And um, I just don't think people should expect him to light the world on fire offensively. But I think he can come in here and kind of be like a Seidenberg. Remember how good Seidenberg was when the Bruins got him? He was more of a defensive guy, shut down role, didn't do too much offensively. I think he could be just like Seidenberg. Well, that's why I'm building off of you. Look at his numbers. He might not show you the numbers, but he'll show you the skill on the defensive side. You know, you know the media, when I was listening to the media, and I've spent a lot of time listening to CSN and E because I hate SportsCenter and anything like ESPN. Um, they, they said that he played with Suter. He has experience from Ryan Suter, who's one of the best defensemen in the NHL. That's a no-brainer. You got a good young guy that's serviceable. You get, I, I would make that deal in a heartbeat. I think that that rumor is probably true, even though they're not saying it because they're trying to keep it quiet until the protected list comes out and the expansion draft comes out. Because I think that there's a lot of things in the work that we don't realize. Yeah, there's definitely some other stuff that could be happening, but um, I think Brodine would say this would be a step in the right direction for the Bruins. They get younger, they get younger on defense, and they groom someone behind Chara. I, like I said, there's nothing more important to me personally than the Bruins getting a left-shot defenseman to help out this blue line. We saw it last year. Even though the defense played a lot better last year than my, my expectations were for them, you know that the Bruins' defense isn't great. They're not great. They need, they need improvement, and I think that would be a great improvement on the left side to help out this team. You could pair him with, with McAvoy and have McAvoy do what he wants and have Brodeen be the defensive guy with him. You can have Tory Krug play with McQuaid or, or Miller, and then Chara and Carlo, and then boom, your defense looks solid going forward. And that's what you hope, at least on paper. It all depends on how the season plays out, of course. But on paper, it seems like it's a, it would be a good move. Definitely seems like it would be a good move. There's also speculations about, obviously, with the Colorado Avalanche uh, blowing it up over there. You've heard of Landis Gog's name. Landis Gog and, and Matt Duchesne still uh, rumblings about that. If I'm the Bruins personally, I like the defense better than offense. But say they can't get Brodeen, right, Jason? Say something happens where the Brodeen deal falls through and they decide to s- switch gears to uh, the Avalanche and get an offensive guy. I am way more excited about Matt Duchesne than I am Gabriel Landis Gog. And I get... I, I don't think Bruins fans understand how good Duchesne is. And I know he sometimes has um, – doesn't have the great stats, but he's played on Canada's Olympic team. He's won gold medals with Canada. Um, he's the leader of that team. I think Matt Duchesne is way better than Landis Gog. I think Matt Duchesne has more skill. I think he's faster. I think he's a better player overall than Landis Gog. And I get it. Landis Gog can, can rough up people in the corner, and he, he's more of a heavier style play. But I think Matt Duchesne is better. He has more skills, and I think he would help the, help the Bruins out tremendously get more versatile on offense and help with the goal scoring. I don't think Landis Scott is going to come here and, and pot, you say, 25, 30 goals, where I think Matt Duchesne can. Okay, decent points on both sides, Mike. I agree with both of them. But Duchesne will be the harder deal to make, too. When you try to think of what that deal could possibly, could possibly be. I mean, you're obviously throwing in the 18th pick. Probably throwing in Spooner or something like that somewhere to Brodino. That's still a tough deal to make. I have no clue what Colorado is even looking for. No one knows what they're looking for. I guess they're, obviously during the trade deadline they were asking for way too much. They uh, wanted Brandon Carlo. I wouldn't trade. I wouldn't trade Brandon Carlo for him. That's the thing. Would you? Yeah. Uh, no. Nah, for 
For Dush- for Duchesne, I would think about it. For Landis Gog, no. Okay. Um, I, I I don't. I'm not. I'm not. Giving, I don't want to give him up just just to give him up. But I mean, if you, if you can get, I, I like Duchesne personally. I think Duchesne would fit great with Krejci. I think Ber- Duchesne would fit great with Bergeron and Marchand. I think you could put Duchesne with anyone, and he'd be great fit for the Bruins team. Uh, and say there's multiple. Not, not saying I was just thinking of this just now. It's off the tip of my tongue. You make the deal for Brodine, and then you turn around and go get Duchesne, and they ask you for Brandon Carlo. Well, at that point, you have a defenseman you can trade. You might as well go for it. That's a different story, Jason. That that's what I think. If you can, if you can find a way to make the Brodine trade and get maybe get Landis Gogger Duchesne. Now we're talking, and I think if you get Brodine, you give up. You give up Carlo, yes, I think it kind of stinks, but at the same time, it's like... The you Bruins got Brody have, to replace him. <laughs> right, and they still have up-and-coming young defensemen that have stolen the system, too. Like Jeremy Lazon and Zaboro. And well, you're going to have to make room for at some point. So at that point, that's it. Brandon Carlos can be a good young defenseman. It would be a possible move to make. At that point, I would consider trading Carlo for Lernis Gogger, that kind of player of that caliber. Um, that's a different, that's a, that's a whole different realm of possibility. Right. And, um, like you said, if you think, if you, if you get Brodeen and you could get Duchesne, I think that, I think we'd be talking. I think that would be a great offseason for the Bruins. I mean, no one's expecting them to, to do that, but obviously I have been fun on the show and talking about some of the rumors that are out there. I think that would be a fantastic get for the Boston Bruins. Fantastic. I don't think you could ask for anything more. You couldn't, but it's fun. It's fun to talk about. Do I see it happening? I see Brodine more likely than Duchesne or Landis Gog. If I'm predicting it. Yeah, I, th- I I do too. But like you said, I, I'm not giving up Carlo just for nothing. Like, I'm not. If the Brodine deal happens, then I would maybe consider Carlo. But I'm not. I'm not actively shopping Brandon Carlo. I think the Bruins have Carlo and McAvoy going forward on the right side. They have Tory Crew in the left. So that's why I think if they can get Brodine, they can have two left shot defensemen and two right shot defensemen going forward that are young with promise. And then you just gotta hope maybe one of the one of Zaboro and Lazon pans out, or O'Gara, or something along the lines like or Colin Miller even something along the we lines. We hope because like, like I say, we're stuck. We're hearing so much. There's um, so much going. There's so much. There's going so on. much going on because you just brought up Colin Miller, and I was just about to go say, you know, we still don't know who Vegas is gonna go after. Is it Colin Miller? Is it Kevin Miller? The possibility well, that, that I've heard that, that Mike, you know, you know, here's, what, here's what's funny. You and I might be on the same page here, but swear I'm interrupting you. I want to get there first. I've heard Colin Miller is less of what McPhee is looking for. The, the Bruins could leave him unprotected to risk it. To risk it? Yeah, there's also, I don't think it's, there's nothing been linked with the Bruins, but Vegas can also make deals. And I saw a report today from on TSN that was saying that the NHL is, telling all GMs to keep quiet all the the trades they have going on with Vegas because they want to be able to announce the team next week, which I think would, is, would be great. Obviously, you don't want anything being leaked because then you can see who Vegas is, is getting for their team. Uh, the Bruins don't seem to have been linked to a trade with, with Vegas, but the Bruins still have time to maybe do so but uh, and try and get them to pick someone else. But, I mean, it's an interesting point because I did see that too, that um, – they have the Gerard Gallant's their coach, right? The old Florida Panthers coach. And he likes a more, art, yep. more. He has like he likes a more heavier style, more physical, and he doesn't really see Colin Miller as a fit. And which brings us to the point that we had that we've been arguing about for the past few weeks too is who do you protect, Colin Miller or Kevin Miller? And we both think they're going to pick Kevin Miller, even though I would pick Colin personally. But 
Kevin well, that, Miller this, cha- this changes it because maybe by picking Kevin and leaving Colin Miller unprotected, they don't go for Colin Miller anyway. Right, maybe they go for someone like Adam McQuaid. Which is okay in my book. Right, I would be okay with the Bruins losing McQuaid as well. I would be totally okay with it. Um, I think the Bruins, it would be wise for the Bruins to lose, hopefully, one of McQuaid and or Kevin Miller because they both play somewhat the same style. Game, same style of play, and then you have McAvoy coming into slot on the right side now. So, which would you're only really going to have one slot open for the Bruins defense when you hit the offseason. So, I think one of them. I think if Vegas doesn't take McQuaid or Kevin Miller, that one of them will be traded anyways. That's that's what I think. And I agree, like, which is funny, because we're piecing this together here. You know, the Bruins don't have too many needs. They need, they're need they going to need one defenseman, which I think they can get. They're still looking for a backup goaltender. I've heard there's some people who, who still like Hudobin. I don't know how that's going to play out. I didn't want to go there. And then you have offense, which is even harder to figure out, because I have no clue really what exactly the Bruins need on offense. It's going to be interesting to see who the Bruins keep on offense, because they, and they haven't asked anyone to wait to wait their no-movement clauses. Um... So in in order to not protect someone, they they would have to sign off on their non wave um, movement clauses. Like for example, the Ottawa Senators, they asked Dion Phaneuf to to waive his no movement clause. He said no. So now the Senators have to protect him. The Bruins. Mark Andre Fleury waived his. Yes, and the Bruins haven't seemed to ask anyone to do so because it seems that everyone that is on their list they're going to keep. For example, Bergeron, Marchand, Bacchus. Krejci will all be kept. Uh, yep. Pashnik, will, Pashnik will also be part of that list where he, he'll be protected. They have two spots left, and I'm starting to wonder if the Bruins will keep Ryan Spooner. I'm starting to – just because I know that they can't announce any deals. Maybe Spooner will be part of a Vegas deal. Maybe he won't. Maybe Spooner but they will won't go. protect him. There's, there's no way they'll protect him. I think the Bruins are going to protect Spooner. How? Why? Because I think they'll look at it and say, we'd rather protect Spooner and trade him – then okay, and get rest. something in return, then just lose them for nothing to Vegas. Okay, um, and I'm not that not that Spooner's great, but he has some ass, he has some value. I mean, he's a good power play guy. He, he scored fifty points two years ago. He had forty or some, forty something points last year. I mean, I, I get it. He's been frustrating in Boston, but I think he still has some value out there. He's still a young, he's still a young player. He, uh, he can play center. He's he's played a little bit of wing. I just think the Bruins are going to protect Ryan Spooner. So you think I, that there's so you think that there's some fear that if they leave him unprotected that they'll go after Spooner instead of a defenseman, which is understandable. Right, that's that's what I'm thinking. So I'm starting to think along the lines that the Bruins would be just better off protecting Spooner and trading him, say, at the draft. Okay, that's understandable. Because then, then you leave, then who do you leave unexposed? Just Jimmy Hayes, you know what I mean? It's all players that the Bruins don't really care about. And going into last year, I thought Spooner would be one of the guys the Bruins protect, but. We'll see. I mean, I think it's between Sp- Spooner, Bolesky, and Riley Nash for the last two forward spots. So and I'm, I'm not, and, not and I'm, and I'd protect Riley Nash and let Bolesky go. Right. That's what I, that, that's what I was thinking too. So you protect Spooner, and if say if they want to take Bolesky's contract, then let them take Bolesky. Take them. They'd be doing Bolesky a favor, and they'll probably buy out Jimmy Hayes, which is something that I've heard constantly. Yeah, you've been hearing those rumors of the Bruins are trying to trade his contract or something. I mean, are just trying to trade him in general. It'll be interesting to see if the Bruins find find a taker for him. I mean, I don't think they're going to be able to, but you never know. Sometimes teams will look at him and say, he's a big body, maybe playing for his hometown team just wasn't a fit for him. 
I mean, because he wasn't terrible in Florida. I just think when he came here, something happened to him. I don't, I don't know what it was, but I mean, he could have some value, but obviously, I don't think they're gonna get anything great. But if the Bruins can find a way to get rid of his contract, I think that would be spectacular. It would be. It would probably be a borderline miracle. But I mean, you could see that Bruins doing similar to what they do with Dennis Seidenberg. I right, could. Right. I mean, you're already starting to see some of the some of the buyouts now. I mean, Dan Girardi just got bought out from the from the New York Rangers. So I mean, the the buyout period is open. So it'll be interesting to see if the Bruins do end up buying him out. But thing is, I, now, and the thing is, I like Dan Girardi personally. The way he's played in New York, he would be a good fit in Boston. No, uh, no, he's he's getting older. He's 33 years old. He's a right-handed shot defenseman. I don't think the Bruins need a right-handed shot. I think they need a left-handed shot. It's true. You got me there. I mean, a younger Dan Girardi would have been a perfect fit in Boston. Uh, probably a few years ago, Dan Girardi would have been, but I think now, not so much. And also, in news that just popped up on my phone not even two minutes ago, Eric Carlson just had surgery on his left foot to re- repair tendons, and he may miss the start of next season. Yeah, I don't think there's anything to worry about there. I mean, we'll get to that later on. I mean, um, Eric Carlson obviously did a great job in the playoffs against the Bruins, but we'll talk about more of him later on this year. Um, obviously, heading into the season when we do like um, team breakdowns and division breakdowns and stuff like that. Um, but it would just I'm just interested to see what happens in the next coming weeks with the Bruins. Like I said, Vegas team's getting announced next week where everyone's going to lose a player. The draft's coming up, trades are coming up, free agency's coming up. It's an exciting time to be a hockey fan right now, even though the Stanley Cup playoffs are over, and even though the hockey's done until September. The next few weeks are going to be great, and it's after these next few weeks where we're going to be sitting there being like, oh, crap, now what? Oh, yeah, and I don't know if we uh, mentioned it yet, that the Bruins did release their preseason schedule this week, too. Yeah, they did. I mean, I'm not really a big fan of the preseason schedule, to be honest, just because I... I mean, it's preseason. Like, I'll tune in once in a while and just glimpse at it, but, I mean, it's nothing. No, say so for me, for me, I want to go to, I might save up and try to go to the uh, three games at the Garden just for the heck of it. Just because uh, that would be fun. The preseason games? Yeah. I mean, it's good to check out some of the younger players, but, I mean, I, it's, you know, it's preseason. You pretty much know who's going to make the team and who's not going to make the team pretty much after, so after for, training camp. So for the fans that like looking at the younger players, it's more fun to watch for them. Yeah, absolutely. It's more of a younger, younger, the prospect type. Yeah, it's like development camp and all of that. Yeah, hold on one second. Uh, sorry, I dropped my microphone. You can just delete this part out if you don't mind. No worries. Um, but yeah, I think this is going to be the best the best part of free agency coming up. Like you said, Zach Ronaldo is gone. Thank God. Also, the last thing I want to touch on quickly is um, Bobby Orr was giving really, really high praise to Charlie McAvoy. And I think that's a good sign that Charlie McAvoy could be something that this Bruins team has has something special. And uh, we saw the glimpses of McAvoy last season, obviously, with in the playoffs with the Bruins, uh, I think it's going to be great to watch McAvoy this year going forward. And if Bobby Orr is saying great things about um, great things about McAvoy, that means he's going to be a good player. Oh yeah, no, um, McAvoy showed it in the playoffs. It's no arguing. McAvoy is going to be a fun player to watch. He he stepped right in in a playoff atmosphere against Ottawa and played 
Well, he, he played better than what you expect from any kind of rookie in his first time ever in the NHL. He fit. You can only imagine what he's going to do with a full year next year. I get, I'm going to make a crazy prediction that he scores at least 20 goals next year. Maybe. Maybe. But uh, that will do it for uh, this week's episode. Uh, we'll be back next week to talk some of the, the players that get dealt from the Bruins. I'm not dealt, but who go to Vegas, maybe. Uh, we'll, we'll be able to find some more rumors next weekend to discuss. Uh, hopefully, We'll, we'll be prepping for the NHL expansion draft and NHL draft next week, too. Absolutely, and hopefully we can get uh, Joe back on the show, get him all caught up, and me and Joe can probably have a nice little Sidney Crosby argument. And I have one question my- I have one question for you, because I'm going to use this for my tweets after. Um, do we consider the Pittsburgh Penguins a dynasty, yes or no? As of right now, I'm going to say no. Um, I would say the Blackhawks won because they won three in six years. Um, Pittsburgh, but I know they won back to back, and it's, it's impressive. It's the first time it's happened since you know the Red Wings did it back in the '90s. I mean, they they won these last two, but they haven't won their last one in like in, for like ten years. So I'm not going to say they're a dynasty, but I think if they you know, make it to the Cup next year or, or make it to the Eastern Conference Finals and they and they keep going on the pace that they're going on, they'll be a dynasty. As of right now, though, I'm going to say no. I agree with that completely. It's the, I know that you've heard that question come up, especially on the radio. Um, I do say this straightforward. they got the makings of a dynasty if they continue the progress that they made on a consistent basis, but right now, no. Yeah, I would say no as well. They look like they're going to lose Mark and Fleury, as you said earlier, too, as well, so... Uh, we'll oh, Mark Andre Fleury pretty much passed that goalie torch to Matt Murray. Matt Murray took his job, earned it, and kept it. Absolutely, absolutely. But like you said, we'll, uh, we'll be back next week to discuss all some uh, all of Vegas possibilities. Uh, hopefully, we get Joe back, as I said earlier. Uh, you can follow myself on Twitter at MikeSetter22. You can follow Jason at JasonBuckley91. And you can follow our personal account at Bruins underscore Beat. Uh, and you can also go to the CLNS uh, media site where uh, we're going to have some off-season pieces being posted uh, on the website about the Boston Bruins, so you can check those out as well. And then you can uh, find us on iTunes and Stitcher, right, Jason? Yes, you can find us on iTunes and Stitcher at Boston Bruins Beat Podcast. I will be I will be recommitting to getting tweets done as often as possible. I know I've been lacking at it lately. I've had a lot going on, um, but I'm getting myself back to it this week. Yep. Well, we'll be back in the full swing of things for the for the offseason news, but uh, we'll be back next week. Go Bruins. Go Bruins.